Hello, um, so I'm Sarah. I've been a member of the congregation here for about five years now. And tonight I'm going to be talking a little bit about God's eternal grace, which actually follows quite nicely on from what Ezekiel was just sharing. Um, so the passage that I've chosen is Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 to 16, that says, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weakness, for he faced all of the same testings that we do, yet he did not sin. So then, let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy, and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. These couple of verses are a bit of a wake-up call to the Hebrews, um, and the author is saying, listen, Jesus is the Son of God. He is divine, so we can have a really firm belief in him, but he's also human and understands all of our trials and all of our testings, but he didn't sin. So therefore, we can come boldly and receive his grace and mercy. When put like that, I feel like that sounds quite simple, um, but I think we'll all agree that it's really not that simple. Um, bear with me on this. I'm going to go on a bit of a Narnia tangent, but we'll bring it back. <laughs> so for those of you that know me, Narnia are some of my favorite books. I absolutely adore them, and they've been really influential in my faith journey. So these are fantasy fiction stories written by C.S. Lewis, which tell the story of four children and their exploration of a fantasy world. Aslan, the wise, compassionate, and gentle lion, has become known to depict the Christian uh, faith and come to depict Jesus. Um, but there's also a lot more imagery within there that holds true to depicting the Christian faith. So the fifth book, The Voyage of the Dawn Treader, which I have with me, um, is all about Lucy and Edmund with their cousin Eustace, who find themselves aboard this Narnian ship, the Dawn Treader. Now, Eustace is quite a nasty, selfish, horrific child. He doesn't really have a lot of respect for the other people around him. And when they find land, he wanders off and finds a whole den of treasure. Now, he walks in here feeling like he's really hit the jackpot. This is everything he wanted. He gets riches, he gets power, and that's going to be great. But actually, what he doesn't realize is he's found a dragon's lair. And when he wakes up, he's been transformed into a dragon. And this search for riches has actually left him really isolated. He's feared. His treasure is completely useless. But all isn't lost. And Aslan the great lion comes and approaches him with grace. I really wish I had time to read this section of the book to you because it is some of my favorite literature out there. Um, but I'm just going to summarize. Um, so at this point, Aslan comes over to Eustace and leads him to this well of clean water. He says, you need to undress, you need to remove this dragon skin so that you can bathe. Now Eustace tries and he tries and he tries again, but no matter how hard he tries, he just can't get all the skin off. So Aslan says to him, you must let me undress you and you must allow me to scratch a little bit deeper. Now, Eustace admits that he was afraid of Aslan's claws, but he was desperate. And as he begins to remove his skin, he says, the very first tear he made was so deep that I thought it had gone right into my heart. 
And when he began pulling the skin off, it hurt worse than anything I have ever felt. But the only thing that made me able to bear it was the pleasure of feeling that stuff peel off. As he came and surrendered himself and all of his pride to Aslan, he was transformed again into a boy. And in the film adaptation of this book, he recounts to the others, no matter how hard I tried, I just couldn't do it myself. But then he came towards me. It sort of hurt, but it was a good kind of hurt. Now, this chapter and this passage just get me every single time. Um, how many of us are set in our ways? We're adamant we know what is best. We run to go and find the treasure that thinks will give us everything that we need. But this story and this passage remind us so much that God is full of grace and mercy and longs to share that with us. In verse 16 um, of this passage, it says, let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. And that word used for come is a continuous verb. So it means let us come, let us come, let us come again, eternally come to God's grace. Um, and it doesn't mean that we're going to fall, not fall short again. We're definitely going to. But God is always there with us time and time again. And we can also trust that when we do that, he will provide mercy and grace for us. Um, the message translation of this verse says, so let us walk right up to him and come, what he, come and take what he is so ready to give. Take the mercy, accept the help. This speaks of a confidence of who Jesus is and reminds us that he understands our weaknesses, but he also knows that we need him. In John 5:15, Jesus says, without me, you can do nothing. And sometimes it's really hard to come to him and he understands that. Um, we see in the Voyage of a Dawn Treader that Eustace struggles to accept Aslan's help. But when he did, he was changed. And when we come to God, we have an even greater promise that we are going to be changed, forgiven, set free, and transformed. So to bring those things together, we can hold firm to the knowledge that God is eternally there waiting for us to give us what we need. And I'd love to encourage you, if you have something that maybe you're trying to do in your own strength, there's a skin that you need to take off and you're trying to do that yourself to take that step to Jesus, to take the mercy, to accept the help and allow him to remove that skin and be strengthened and transformed by his grace. Amen. Thank you for listening to the St. George's Lead Sermon Podcast. For more talks or information, visit stgs.org.uk